ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Deep down inside all of us, there's something we all have in common. Any ideas what it might be? I'm talking about DNA. I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Occam's Razor, a soapbox for science. And today's speaker is very excited to take a look at your DNA. Razia Zachariah is an epigeneticist working on understanding chronic diseases. She's here to explain what epigenetics means for our bodies and health. My name's Razia Zachariah, and I'm a research fellow at the School of Life Sciences located at the University of Technology, Sydney, and I also carry out my research in affiliation with the Woolcock Institute, where I'm part of the Epigenetics of Chronic Disease group. You still with me? (laughs) Academic appointments, along with their affiliations and different categories of researchers, can be quite confusing. Even my partner has a hard time telling people what I do. But don't worry, I'm not going to delve into the complexities of why that is today. What I want to do is something that I've been trying to do to many of my unsuspecting friends at the pub. I'm going to info dump all the things about molecular biology, namely epigenetics, that get me excited. And whether you're seated in the audience here or listening from home, you all have one thing in common. I can't see your eyes glaze over, so I'm just gonna lean in. (laughs) Let's start from the top. The basics about cells and DNA. Many of us have heard the phrase, cells are the basic building block of life. And if you were to look down at one of these cells using a microscope, you might notice that within the cell, there are many microstructures that support the cell through its life cycle. The most relevant microstructure to my work is the cell nucleus. This is where our DNA is compartmentalized. It is one of the most important intracellular components because our DNA is the blueprint of the proteins that make up our cells and therefore of us. It's not so straightforward, though, as just assuming that all the DNA we carry is also all the DNA we express. In fact, it's quite the opposite. With majority of the DNA that we carry, over 98% to be exact, is never expressed as proteins. Another interesting fact is that each somatic cell, that's every cell in your body that's not a sex cell, has the exact same genetic code inherited from your maternal and paternal lines at conception. That means that the cells that form your skin, your lungs, and your muscles each have the same genetic code, even though they're wildly different in form and function. So the astute among you then might sit up and say, so, Razia, you're telling me that DNA forms the blueprint for each cell, and each somatic cell in my body has the same blueprint, but somehow these cells don't always look or behave the same. How? Well, the answer is epigenetics. Epi is the Latin word for on top, and it suits epigenetics as a concept because the field addresses molecular information that sits atop DNA, and this dictates whether that genomic region will be expressed or silenced. To understand how this occurs, let's try a visual exercise. In our mind's eye, let's return to our imaginary microscope where we're looking down at one of our cells. 
Now, you're obviously really good at this, so you locate the nucleus immediately and you put it under higher magnification. You're going to visualise exactly what the DNA looks like in the nucleus. And if you've caught the cell at the right time in its cycle and your microscope is top-notch, you might notice that DNA appears like strands. And that is because DNA is a strand-shaped molecule and a very long one at that. So in order for such a long, thin strand to be able to reside in a small space like a nucleus, it has to be compacted in a very ordered way. Imagine trying to get a shoelace into a pillbox. You're either trying to cram the long, unwieldy lace into this small space, or you're going to loop the lace around itself and just pop the lace straight in. To the same effect, each DNA strand within the nucleus is wrapped around many small proteins called histones, much like the way spun wool is wrapped around a spool. This allows for efficient compaction of the DNA molecule in the nucleus. As molecular biologists, when we refer to DNA wrapped around a histone, we use the term chromatin. And when chromatin is most compact, we use the term chromosome. Epigenetics plays the most predominant role in the context of chromatin. We know as fact that the mammalian cell has a capability to add or remove certain molecules uh, on top of DNA and histones. And when it does this, it affects the extent to which chromatin compacts or unwinds, thereby affecting the accessibility to the gene. And if the cellular machinery can't access the gene, it can't express it. There are many classes of molecules that can sit on top of DNA and histones, but for simplicity today, I'll lump them all together as epigenetic marks. These epigenetic marks are what the field of epigenetics focuses on. They're the language that sits atop a cell's genetic information to drive how the cell behaves. If DNA is the sheet music, epigenetics is the conductor. And what is most important, and in my opinion the most fun, is that alterations in epigenetic marks are induced by changes in environmental conditions. And as such, epigenetics is the leading candidate in explaining how lifestyle factors play a role in the development of chronic diseases. Let's take the example of a common chronic disease such as asthma. Millions of Australians and many more individuals across the world live with asthma. In 2020, 417 Australians lost their life to the disease and millions more have their quality of life affected by asthmatic symptoms and fear of onset of life-threatening asthma attacks. Asthma is generally accepted as a heritable disease, which always infers a genetic component of heritability. But to date, there is yet to be a specific candidate asthma gene identified that explains the whole picture when it comes to asthma heritability. And that's where epigenetics comes in. My current research involves looking at how epigenetic marks play a role in conferring asthma heritability. I use preclinical asthma models and large-scale next-generation sequencing data to determine if asthmatic lung cells have a unique epigenetic signature that causes them to behave differently from a healthy cell. I also look at how certain environmental insults, like in utero exposure to air pollution, can confer a higher susceptibility to asthma and other chronic disease development. By being able to identify a unique epigenetic signature that leads to disease, I hope to highlight certain molecular pathways that we might be able to reverse with pharmaceuticals to help those suffering with chronic diseases across the world. 
So, if unlike my friends at the pub, your eyes haven't glazed over by this point and you have managed to get epi of epigenetics and disease, you'll likely be able to surmise that the underlying ideology of my work is. If epigenetic marks can confer such large differences to elicit a skin cell and a heart cell from the same genetic material in response to the environment, it can surely confer the differences between a healthy and diseased cell. And by identifying the code unique to chronic diseases, I hope to shine a light on pathways us scientists can traverse on the journey towards better treatment and care for individuals affected by said chronic diseases. And because we're living out my pub fantasy of me going on and on about my work, I'd imagine that at this point, your sassy retort might be, okay, so you want to help people all across the world there, do you? What does a day and this scientific journey towards better treatment and care look like for you then? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> There's no typical day for a research fellow, but the general objective of the role can be broken down into phases. First, there's the project setup phase where I identify a need such as people with asthma who have treatment for symptoms, but there's no known cure. Then I apply my expertise in epigenetics to identify where the knowledge gap is. And I pose a hypothesis towards addressing this gap. Then there's the project management and execution phase where I work to garner funding to support the cost of research, manage how these funds are to be spent in a way that is principled and effective, and of course, carry out the experiments and analyze the data. Project execution is my favorite part of the job, partly because it's when I get to throw on a lab gown and sport very flattering lab safety glasses, extracting DNA, but mostly it's because it's where the academic community truly thrives, as no one person can cover all the necessary bases. It takes time and a series of projects to come to a concrete finding. So I work alongside collaborators and trained research students, some of whom who are in the room today, to ensure that the journey includes a team of multidisciplinary experts whilst nurturing the next generation of researchers. But just as importantly, the journey includes you, the general public, because scientific findings need engagement from the community. Scientists thrive on the impact their work has. I certainly have. So I'd like to thank you for the intention and encourage you to continue engaging with the scientific community. We'd love to hear your questions. That was epigeneticist Dr Razia Zachariah. Razia is a research fellow at the University of Technology, Sydney, and Wilcock Institute's Epigenetics of Chronic Disease group. You heard her speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at Sydney Powerhouse Museum on Gadigal land. I'm Tegan Taylor, your Occam's Razor host, and I'll be back with more science stories from the lab and beyond next week. What the Duck is the podcast attracted to weird nature, like magnets to a fridge. I'm Ann Jones and I can't help it. Pigeons make milk. Some people describe it as a yellow kind of cottage cheese consistency. Pigeons have famous relatives. The pigeon and the dodo are in the same family. And pigeons were partially responsible for the French Revolution. Let them eat squab. What the Duck has a new season out right now. Check it out on the ABC Listen app.